You are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. The um, title for the message today is More Than Conquerors. You, you and I are more than conquerors. Amen? Yeah. Carrying on from uh, Romans chapter 8, we went from uh, cha- uh, verse 1 to 11 uh, the last time I preached. And uh, today we're going to finish off that chapter, 12 to 39. As I've said before, of course, we could get many messages out of this chapter, but I chose just to do two. And uh, if you want more, you're going to have to get into the book of Romans and just do some digging for yourself. Amen? Praise the Lord. Well, in uh, Romans 8, it shows how how to live in the Spirit and to let the peace of God rule in our hearts. There's nothing like the peace of God. The Bible says it passes all human understanding. He gives us assurance with, with God to convince us that nothing will ever separate us from his love. After establishing that, belie- that the believer is dead to sin and alive in Christ, Paul moves on to explain to the believer our victory over sin and every attack of the enemy. There's a lot of things that happen in our everyday personal lives that we attribute to everything but an attack of the enemy. We blame our friends, we blame our neighbors, we blame the government and everything else. But it's time that we start blaming the devil. Because most of the things that we deal with is spiritual. And anything spiritual also affects you in the physical. Greatly. So I'm going to start reading from verse 12, chapter 8 to 17. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. We're no longer bound by fear. We sang it this morning, right? But you receive the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father, or Our Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We don't need anybody to tell us that we're born-again Christians. doesn't matter if they tell us they see Jesus in us or if they say, uh, you're just a hypocrite. I know that I'm saved. 
I know that I'm born again. I know that I'm washed in the blood of Jesus. I've got a witness. There's a spiritual witness that witnesses to my spirit and tells me that I am born of God. And if children then ears and ears of God and joint ears with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. Do you, can you imagine what that means to be a joint heir with Jesus Christ? All that is at God's disposal, all that is at Jesus' disposal is ours. That's hard to believe, isn't it? It's hard for the human mind to take in. But you see, I believe the word. And if the Bible says that I believe it and I don't care how many professors or, or doctors or lawyers or anything else says something different, I believe the word of God. We are reminded in Romans chapter 8 verse 2 that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. I am free from that law. And now I have a glorious relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. We are no longer bound to live according to the flesh. I can. There's nothing restricting me from living according to the flesh. But I'm not bound by it. I have a choice. I can make a choice. You see, we didn't work for our salvation. Not by works, lest anyone should boast. Okay? And do you know something else? We don't work to keep our salvation. We always need to remember that. Why do I do the things that I do? Why do I answer the call to go into the ministry? Why do you answer God's call to be an usher or a greeter? Why do you answer God's call to teach a class or to do some of the many other things that are being done here at Colette Community Church? It's not to win points with God. It is just because you've got a love relationship with him and you want to let him know that you are open to do anything and everything that is possible so that his kingdom can be established on this earth. If we, if after we have been made alive in Christ by the new birth, if we continue to walk in that old lifestyle, doing the same old things that we ever done, that there's no change whatsoever. The only thing happened was that I said a prayer. I repeated a prayer after a pastor or a friend or somebody, and they said, now, okay, now you're born again. If you believe that, you believe in Jesus Christ, you're born again. But if you don't do anything more than that, you are going to die. You're going to die spiritually. And to be spiritually dead is a terrible thing. Because Jesus died to give us eternal life. That same old lifestyle in the flesh, we must die to that. If by the Spirit, with the Spirit's help, you kill that lifestyle, you put that lifestyle to death, you will live. You will be spiritually alive. Now, since I've been born again, I have had times in my life 
when I was spiritually dead. I carried my Bible, and at that time I used to use a big, uh, uh, I still got the Bible, the 10-pound the, the, uh, uh, Thompson chain, you know, King James Version. But I never read it. It was just a prop. But I was dead inside. And every now and then, I would get into a service, and that's the value of being, coming to church, even when you don't feel like it. I would come to church, and lo and behold, that Sunday, the message was right for me. The pastor must have knew I was coming that night, that day. Because it was right for me. And it stirred my heart. And because I had a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because I knew him in a greater way than just knowing about him. It stirred my heart. And again I gave him alive for God. And then when I got alive for him. And I, and, and I was walking with him. And I was praying. And I began to read my Bible again. Then I began to sense his power and his presence. And because there was a call on my life, this may not be your experience, but because there was a call to preach the gospel on my life, I would find myself in my imagination, I would be preaching to thousands, and I would get to a point where I would put myself under conviction. I can't explain it any more than that. Then I remember saying, well, Lord, you know, I know you called me when I was young, but now I'm older. I was in my, I was in my uh, 40s then, I guess, yeah, 30, in late 30s and 40s. And I would say, but if you want to call one of my children, then you can send them to Africa, wherever you like. I'll pay their salary. But one day God said, Plainly to my heart, I'm not calling you children. I called you, and my callings are without repentance. I never changed my mind. And I found myself one Sunday morning running to the altar, kneeling down, and saying, Lord, whatever you want from me, I'll do it. And as clear as a bell, it wasn't an audible voice. But it was a voice within my spirit that said, Bible college. And without even thinking, I said, yes, Lord, I'll do it. And the rest is history. God called my wife the same Sunday. She went and prayed almost identical prayer in her bedroom after we got home. And she said, Lord, I don't know what you want from me, but whatever it is, I'll do it. I just pray that my husband and my children would be willing. And that was a start of what we are doing today. And I'm loving this just as much today as the first day I went to Bible college. So friends, I'm going to tell you, there is a difference, and I know the difference, of walking in the flesh and walking in the spirit. There has been times in my ministry that I've gotten discouraged when I called prayer meetings, after prayer meetings and prayer meetings, and there was only just a, just a few people that would respond. And I couldn't get people to react and worship and, and, and get involved. 
and I would get discouraged. And there were times when I said, well, I just fed up with it. I'm just not going to worry about them. I'll just go through the motions. And in those times, I found myself again walking in the flesh. And when you're walking in the flesh, I'm no good to myself, I'm no good to God, and I'm no good to the congregation. There's got to be a moving of the Holy Spirit. If it's not by the Spirit, it's not worth the work that you're putting into it. Because it stands the same thing. The Bible is clear. It is forever settled in heaven. And what was spoken in the early days, long before Christianity, is still true today. It is not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And God, when he gets a hold of my life, I know the difference. I can sense it in my spirit. And I've had a renewal, a revival in my spirit in the last little while. And I can sense it in my spirit. The, the words that I'm preaching is more powerful to me now. It has more meaning. I can say it with more conviction because God is using me and I'm believing that he is getting us ready in this church for something that we have never, ever dreamed that would ever happen. And I don't care how many people are against it. I don't care how many people turn up their nose at it. I believe that God is going to have a group of people in this community that is going to preach the gospel the way it should be preached and is going to listen to what God's word says and is going to walk in obedience. And we are going to see a change because, folks, if our community is not changed, if our community is not changed, if our province is not changed, Changed. This place, this, this, this country is in for very hard times. This is an opportunity. God is stirring our hearts once more. And this is an opportunity for us to say, yes, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. This is our opportunity. Now, You'll have to forgive me, I went a little bit off topic here. <laughs> this is, you know, Adam died in the garden spiritually. And uh, Jesus brought back that life that Adam lost. He made it available for us, eternal life. In receiving Jesus as our Savior, we receive eternal life. That's, it's spiritual. It's a spiritual rebirth. Your body didn't get reborn. Jesus clearly, clearly explained that, the new birth. It is spiritual, he said. It's like the wind. It blows. You don't know where it comes from or where it goes. Holy Spirit indwells all who receive Jesus as their personal Savior. Some people misunderstand us. They, they say we don't believe that the Holy Spirit enters into your life when you accept Christ into your life. That's wrong. We do. We do believe that the Holy Spirit indwells every born-again believer. 
But there is a power for service that you don't get usually when you get born again. Sometimes it happens. There are people who've received the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit and, 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 and be born again almost exactly the same time. But that's usually not the, not the norm. If we're born again, we will be led by the Spirit. Don't ever think because some group of people who don't believe in speaking in tongues are not being led by the Spirit. That's not, that's not right. We've got to be careful that we don't become holier-than-thou people. Realize that God, they're God's children. And he's their master, just as he's our master. And before his own master, the Bible says, he stands or he falls. My, my, my duty, my calling is to lead people to Christ and to encourage those who are born again in following him. I wasn't called to be a judge. I know I'm not going to get through this message in any way, shape, or form today, but... It's just as the Spirit leads today, okay? So this is not wishful thinking. There is a spiritual witness that this transformation has actually taken place in my life, in your life. Holy Spirit witnesses or confirms this to our human spirit. And we know that we're born again. And, 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 and this is the blessed assurance that the church was singing about for years. Most of you probably never even heard that song. It was called a hymn, but it goes something like this. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Ear of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. Now that we have been adopted into the family of God, we have an inheritance. Get this. If children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. We've got full authority to go in the power of Jesus' name. Amen. We are all living below our potential. We've got amazing authority in Jesus. I want you to know that you can experience this blessed assurance. The Bible says quite clearly, it is for all who choose to believe. There is a future glory coming. Paul has been talking about the wonderful position that we have in Christ. But that doesn't change the fact that we live in a world of sorrow and suffering. In Canada, we do not suffer anything close to what the early Christians suffered. And still today, there are many that are really suffering for serving Jesus, living in, in countries where they do not have the religious freedom that we have today. So before we get down into a pity party about how bad we've got it, Remember, you've got the freedom to call upon Jesus. You've got the freedom to put your faith and your trust in him. 
Politicians of this world will lie through their teeth at you. They'll promise you something, and when they get your vote, they won't do anything. But God, when he makes his promises, the Bible says they are yes and amen. It's sealed. It's done. When he said, by your stripes you are healed, you are healed. Hallelujah. There are many who pay a high price for serving Jesus. Spiritual trends in Canada would suggest that Christians may be headed for more difficult days in the future. I'm going to tell you, some of the laws that are on the books and some of the things that are planned is not very nice in favor of the church. A lot depends on whether God's people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways. Because if the church do not do that, our country has nothing else to stand on. If we don't pick up the torch and go and pray and seek God's face, there's nothing to stop the tide that's flowing against our freedoms and Christianity. They greatly outnumber us already. All you have to do is look at your own community. There's probably not a thousand people in church this morning, in all the churches combined. That's probably been very generous. We're greatly outnumbered, folks. But God delivers by many or by few. If a few people will gather together and pray and seriously get down to business with God and give of themselves and say, Lord, I'll do whatever I can, God will turn things around. In fact, the promises is, I will hear your prayer, I will forgive your sins, and I will heal your land. You say, oh, but pastor, you're taking that out of context. That was for Israel. Oh, I like, I like the fact that God is no respecter of persons. The Bible says that he died for all the world. The whole world. Amen? That includes me and that includes you. God would not permit Israel to take possession of the promised land that he had promised to Abraham and his descendants. The Bible says the reason he would not let them to do that at that time was that the cup of iniquity of the Amorites were not full. They had not gone to the depths and the lowness of sin and degradation that they were capable of. And so God left them alone and let them get right down to that before he did anything about it. How long will God permit Canada to ride the slippery slope that we're on? It's food for thought. 
to disobey this command, which they did, would bring great suffering and persecution upon the children of Israel. If we don't lift up the standard now, some of us may die before it really gets bad. But I can guarantee you this, our children and our grandchildren are going to pay for our disobedience. So we have it in our hands to do something about it. And then when you think of the fact that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus, We know the end of the story. We know we're winners. This is not man's word. This is God's word. God's word to us is that we are more than conquerors. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty to God to the pulling down of strongholds. That's what has been given to us. That's ours. That's the authority we have in Jesus' name to go forth and to do exploits for him. And if we sit back and do nothing, we won't be able to blame God. God doesn't change. God doesn't move. He's where he's always been. He's just waiting for his people to follow in his steps. If you knew that something wonderful was going to happen in your life in the near future, do you think it would make a difference to the way that you live? I think it would. Just suppose you knew that you were going to come into an inheritance of a large sum of money. You think that would make a difference? Or you were going to lend a high-paying job or something? If we were sure that something like this was going to happen, we would change our attitude. We would start living. If it was a sure thing, we would start living as if we already had it. Well, it's a sure thing that we are more than conquerors to Christ who strengthens us. It's a sure thing. It's time for us to start living like it. The Bible says you, you, you ask in prayer, you believe that you have it even before you received it. Then you shall have it. Sometimes I wonder, do we really believe the word of God? In Romans chapter 8, verse 18 to 30. We have a glorious future to look forward to. Verses 18 to 19 says, I consider that 
the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the revealing of the sons of God. Paul is referring primarily to the suffering persecution for our faith in Christ. But he includes a vast array of various kinds of suffering. You skip down to verse 35 of Romans chapter 8. And he says, he asked this question, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation? And all of this, the answer is no. Shall tribulation? No. Shall distress? No. Shall persecution? No. Shall famine? No. Nakedness? No. Peril? No. The sword? No. Man or woman who puts his faith and trust in God and fully trusts in him says, no matter what comes, I will follow Jesus. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We may be suffering because of sickness or pain or physical, physical or emotional. We may be suffering because we've lost a loved one to death or divorce. We may be suffering because of a business decline, facing bankruptcy, because we're out of work and struggling to make ends meet. We may be suffering because somebody has hurt us deeply. We can't get over the betrayal. We may be suffering because of a child who is suffering with stuff in teenage years. That one that you loved and cuddled and, and had so much fun with in the early years is now becoming distant. and You don't know how to deal with it. Or a marriage that is breaking or broken. And all of these things come in on people and sometimes people curse God in situations like these. But I've seen many people who have this has driven them to God more. They said, I will not give up. I will not be, uh, stop praying. I still believing that God is going to do something. And I saw those miracles happen. And it happened in our own family with one of my sisters. When I, a man of faith, was saying, get rid of the bum. Divorce him and get on with your life. She said, no, I won't. I can't. I love him. What about... I do something like that and I marry somebody else and he calls one day and says, I want to come back. And she kept believing and kept believing. And they're back together today. I'm going to tell you there's power in prayer, folks. We groan under the weight of suffering. Groaning expresses deep Grief and, and sorrow over pain of our circumstances. But most of the groaning in this world is a result of Adam's sin. We've been affected by that. 
Romans 8, 20 to 22 says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope. Because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. You see, we look forward to the day when creation and all the created together will enjoy the glorious freedom from death and decay. We have hope right now because we have the avenue of the Holy Spirit-assisted prayer. In Romans 8, 28 to 30 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how we should pray as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You wonder sometimes when you see, you come in early enough in the morning and you see us around here and you hear people praying and they're praying in tongues. You wonder what that's all about. God has given us a glorious prayer language whereby when those words can't express, Lord, I, I want you to move and I want to do something for you and I, and I want to be led by your spirit and everything else, but there's somehow you can really not get through and then you begin to speak in a language that the, that the Lord has given you, the language that you never learned and the language that you don't understand and you get glorious freedom and you find yourself praying and probably praying the very things that you pro- spoke in an unknown language a little while before. Praying in tongues is a great way in your private prayer life to get really down in touch with God. He identifies with our sorrows and our pains and he intercedes for us. Now he who searches the heart, the Bible says, knows the mind of Christ, verse 27 mind of the Spirit, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. He intercedes according to the will of God. Isn't that great? When you and I don't know, but he knows your heart, when you go to him and say, Lord, I need help, he intercedes for you. There is a sermon in each of these verses For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, he predestined these, he also called. And whom he called these, he also justified. And whom he justified, these he also glorified. What is predestined is not who will be saved or lost. Some people teach that. So if you believe that, then you could believe that, well, maybe I'm never meant to be saved. But that's not what it means. What is predestined is not who will be saved or lost, but what happens to all who are in Christ. God predestines the consequence of the choice 
to be in Christ or not. Amen? But he doesn't predestine the choice itself. You make that choice. Everyone is given that choice. That's why he says, whoever believes will not be condemned. Amen? Second Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. That's not leaving anyone out. Everyone. He wants everyone to be saved. If I didn't believe that, I couldn't be a preacher of the gospel. And finally, God's everlasting love. Verse 31, then what shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. It is he who condemns. It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, also, who also makes intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, this is the one that I read before, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword, as it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors to through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, or powers, or things present, or things to come, or height, or depth, or any other thing, created thing, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that awesome? But let me interject one thing. There is one thing that can separate us, and that is us, ourselves. We can choose to walk away from God, and he will not do anything about it. He cannot. That's your choice. But when your friends and your loved ones and your, and your church family prays, he will always bring you back to a crossroads, a crisis in your life where you will be made, uh, given the opportunity to make a choice to come back as a prodigal son or daughter or to keep on sinning. One of the glorious truths of Romans 8 is that we are more than conquerors. I love Shambach's, I've said it here a number of times, I'll say it again. I love Shambach's illustration of more than a conqueror. He tells of a 240 pound prize fighter who fights for a million dollar purse and wins. He's the conqueror. He says then he goes home and he hands the check to his 90 pound wife, 95 pound wife. He said she's more than a conqueror. That's the way it is with us. Jesus conquered death. He's conquered sin. He conquered the devil. Devil is a defeated foe. The only power he has left is his lies. 
You listen to his lies and you can believe. If you believe his lies, you'll believe that you're still sick. You'll believe that there's no hope for you. You'll believe that you'll never, ever rise to the top. You'll never, ever have a bank account again. You'll believe all of those lies. But my God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I can ask or think. Amen? And so, Jesus won the victory, and his victory is ours. We reap the benefits. You may say, I don't feel saved. I don't feel healed. I don't feel victorious. You can't go by your feelings. Where would we be if we went by our feelings? You can't go by your feelings. One day you're up, and the next day you're down. One day you're happy, the next day you're sad. You don't feel healed. You don't feel victorious. But what does the Bible say? You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You are more than a conqueror, not just a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. You're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You've been given some, given some powerful weapons to fight against the enemy and all of his devices. So which are you going to believe? You're going to believe your feelings? Or are you going to believe the Word of God? I'm going to believe the Word of God. You can't go by your feelings. If He has promised it, and you will believe it, it will come to pass. Now we know God is sovereign. I know God is sovereign. You know, and there's, there's always, always some things that even when you think you've got it all figured out, there's something that happens that, oh, well, that didn't work. Many of us preachers, and some great preachers, I mean, that have healing ministries, prayed for people and believed for people, and they still died. But that doesn't change the word of God. God is sovereign. And God has got a, got a reason for everything that he allows to happen. So I am persuaded that there's nothing too hard for God. My God is an awesome God. He's a mighty God. He's a good God. He's a good, good Father. And I'm going to believe Him. I'm going to trust Him. He has proven Himself to be trustworthy in my life. He knows how to help me overcome my enemies. He knows exactly what I need. And there's nothing that He can't do. And I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. That's what the Bible says. And I believe that. So, in conclusion, I'm going to be right on time. Look at that. <laughs> there is nothing that the enemy can do to stop me from winning this fight. There's nothing can separate me from God's love and his care for me and for you. Mountains are not a problem. Jesus said, speak to the mountains, and they will go. Amen? Did you get a bad report? Have you been told that you don't have too long to live? Well, may I suggest that God may have a different plan for you. 
Whose report are you going to believe? Man's report or God's report? The disciples were on a boat in a storm, and they thought they were going to be drowned. But Jesus was in the boat with them. And Jesus is in your life today. You're not going to sink. And listen to me. Listen to me. When the times, time comes for you and I to go home, I mean to go to heaven, to go in the presence of God, the moment you close your eyes in debt, absent from the body, the Bible says, present with the Lord. Amen? You think that's going to be worse than down here? To be in the presence of the Lord forever is going to be multiplied times more better, more precious, more powerful, more exciting than in the best day you ever had on this earth. The Bible says, when the disciples cried out and said, Lord, don't you care that we're drowning? We're drowning, help us. The Bible says he arose and he rebuked the wind and there was a great calm. If there's a storm in your life raging today, whether that's a storm with your health or a storm against your wealth or a storm against your marriage or your relationships with your family members or your children, Whatever it may be, take it to Jesus. Like the disciples, cry out to Jesus in your time of need and just listen. You don't have to beg. Just let him know that you're in trouble and you need his help. And cry out to him and then listen. And he will be speaking to that storm in your life. Peace be still. And you will get that confidence in your spirit that it is well. All is well. I would suggest that if you are believing God for a miracle of any kind, be careful who you share your step of faith with. If you share your step of faith with a doubter, They'll throw water on your fire so fast. You find someone who believes. Stick around them for long enough to know. Talk about spiritual things. Get to know where they're standing. And when you're sure that they believe God, they believe, they believe in a God who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I ask or think, then you can share it with that person. And say, this is what I'm facing. And you can believe together. And there's power in agreement. Amen? Some people can't believe anything anymore. They just don't know what to believe. They've been discouraged. They've been disheartened. They've been listened to some crazy tapes or videos or listen to somebody preaching something that they don't believe themselves. They've got all messed up. 
you can pray and get a word from the Lord. I mean a word from the Lord. I don't need anybody else to give me a word. If God chooses to give me a word from through somebody else, it'll be a confirmation to me. But before you look to anyone else, look to him. Jesus, what am I to do? Show me. Give me wisdom. Give me direction. The peace of God that passes all understanding will fill your heart. Proverbs 3, 6 says, In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. If you haven't heard anything else this morning, hear this. You are more than a conqueror. You're more than a conqueror. I, I, I got to share this little thing before I go. Paul said in 2 Corinthians, to, uh, 2 Corinthians 10, verses 3 and 5. This is something that uh, I was watching the uh, Dutch Sheets uh, prayer tapes uh, this past week. We're in preparation for going for, to the prayer, uh, prayer room in, uh, what is he? House of Prayer in, in Ottawa, and we're preparing our hearts for this. And uh, this is what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 3, 5. We do, not we do not do spiritual warfare in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. We don't fight with words of anger. We don't try to get revenge when someone has hurt us, cut us badly with words or did something to us, cost us money, cost us our reputation or whatever it may be. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty to God, to the pulling down of strongholds. God has given us these weapons so that we can be more than conquerors. Amen? Pull down those strongholds. And if you pray and you ask God, Lord, is, what are, are there any strongholds in my life? Reveal to me, Lord, show me things that are hindering me from entering into the Spirit the way that you want me to. And God will reveal it. And you can pull down those strongholds. Casting down arguments and imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Effie and I have begun in the last couple of weeks to pray this prayer, use this in our prayer for you, for every one of you in this congregation, for our children and our grandchildren, for our own, our own lives, our own walk with God. 
and for the people that we come in contact with, the people that we minister to in counseling on a weekly basis. And God has promised that he will help us in that. This is something that he has given us. These are weapons that he has given us. Folks, don't just take these scriptures as just something to fill pages with. God writ every word. He said that not one jot or one tittle would be, would be removed, would pass away until everything is fulfilled. His word is forever settled in heaven. Live by it. Stand upon it. Let the Holy Spirit make it real in your life. And speak it out. Come against that old devil. Believe God for the salvation of your household. Believe God for the salvation of your family, your friends, the people that you work with. Believe God for a mighty revival, a mighty spiritual renewal in Coal Lake this year. Let's experience it. Let's, let's at, the end of the, at the end of the year even, just as next, what, we got four months left of this year? At the end of this year, let's be able to say, Lord, I was faithful. I prayed. I sought your face. I've opened myself up to you. I've given myself to you for your service. I don't know of anything else I could do. But then say, Lord, 2019 is right around the corner. And if I've been doing something wrong, if I've got something mixed up here, would you give me revelation so that I don't follow on in that vein any longer, but I just go straight in the way that you're calling me to go. Lord bless you, folks. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.